Welcome back to the program, hour number two. Good to have you on board, Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Good, good stuff. Enjoying the day today. Glad to have you back. The Bill Michael Show now fully on the network. I know coming up later on today you've got to Brewers Baseball. Uh, I can't reiterate it enough. Go to WOZN, The Zone in Madison. The Zone Madison, if you've got an app, uh, whether it's a phone, whether it's a tablet, whether it's your uh, laptop. Uh, laptop, you just go to thebillmichaels.com and you can uh, check it out, check us out there. Uh, but that way you can still listen to the show, still watch Brewers Baseball, all that kind of good stuff. So please uh, – Please uh, download the app, and uh, you can still listen to us, which is great because you can listen to us anywhere and everywhere if you download the app. You can listen to us on your motorcycle. You can listen to us in the shower. You can listen to us, uh, you know, anywhere in the world. So download that app, and you're good to go. And you get the show. I mean, it comes to you maybe 20 seconds in a delay, but for the most part, um, you can get us right then and there. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. A lot of things to get to. Obviously, the power surge out of the Milwaukee Brewers, which has been extremely fun to watch. Brewers going for the sweep today. And then all the discussion regarding Aaron Rodgers and possibly the uh, San Francisco 49ers jumping into the draft uh, and the trade and all that kind of stuff as to whether or not Rodgers' services could go westward. I, I just I, I know there were some questions. There's a couple of things that I want to answer because I was going through a lot of the stuff that was being said over in the live stream. Okay, the first question I wrote down here was, uh, do you still think – that uh, the Packers have the leverage against the Jets. Yes, I do, and here's the reason why. The Packers want something done now, okay? There's no doubt about that. So in that case, you can say, well, the Jets maybe hold the leverage because the Packers want it today. But it's not the end of the world if the Packers don't get a draft choice this year. They want to, but it's not the end of the world because the Packers' ace up their sleeve is if they hold this thing off until after June 1st, then they get to be; they're able to split up that that money. It actually gives them some, uh, some cap relief. Now there are capologists out there, you and I, that say, "Well, just get rid of it all this year and then start fresh next year." That you can do that, but um, but if you want some additional funding now, then that might not be a bad way to go. The other side of the coin is then after June first. The Jets get even more desperate because they want they 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 want Rodgers in there. They want him working with the young guys. And you know, I, I mean, the other thing you got to remember is that the, the Jets they don't have another quarterback. They 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 bounced their quarterback last year when you talk about Zach Wilson, and they had Mike White, and Mike White is now gone. Um, they, they they really don't have anybody else in the mix. And uh, of any viability. So you don't want your team who turned on Zach Wilson being led through OTAs, mini camps, and going into training camp with Zach Wilson if he's not your guy. So you you would start to get desperate for Rodgers to walk through that door because you don't really have anybody else. Unless, of course, you decided to jump into the Lamar Jackson mix, which then that, that – throws a whole other flying ointment because the the Jets, yes, I, and I know that they're the, – which follows up my next question, the Jets don't have a ton of salary cap space. They have the ability to get Rodgers in, any quarterback really for that matter, in under the salary cap. Rodgers wants to – has talked about the possibility of restructuring his deal and in addition to that, um, the um, they, they have enough uh, player personnel moves to make that they can – 
restructure deals and get Rodgers in under that salary cap. What they don't want to do is get into a guaranteed situation with Lamar Jackson where they're going to give him some kind of a $250 million deal with a lot of guaranteed money that's going to be paid right now. Um, unless, of course, you pay him minimally this year, you pay him only $20 million this year, but the guarantee is that as time goes on gets more and more and more and more. And you don't want to do that really either if you're the Jets, if you don't have to. But if they went in that direction, they could. But I think that right now the Packers are still in somewhat of the driver's seat. Now, where it would get sticky is if the Jets would start talking to Lamar Jackson or if it starts to get towards training camp. And the Packers, you you don't want Aaron Rodgers. You made it clear. Rodgers doesn't want to play here. He's made it clear. Um, but once you get close to opening day, then you have a ton of money that is owed to Aaron Rodgers at that point, too. And you don't want to get into that. So both sides, it, it behooves both sides to make a deal. It's just right now who has that leverage is probably the Packers, in my estimation. And I know that New York fans will say, no, how can you say that? Because they don't talk at all about trading him after June 1st. They just talk about, well, you need to trade it now because otherwise you're going to lose out on everybody in the draft this year if you want draft capital. But the Packers are like, yeah, we want that, but okay. But it's not like it doesn't benefit us if we wait. we got benefits to both sides where the Jets don't have any benefit to the other side unless they go out and spend more money on another quarterback. So that's the reason I feel when you have – when your your worst-case scenario is keeping Rodgers until opening day as opposed to not having a quarterback at all in your offseason in your training camp, I think uh, the, the, the Packers remain in the catbird seat there. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Uh, this comes to us via email. Always appreciate the emails as well. Um, this is from R.R. Uh, uh, Rom Denny, I think. He said, I emailed you a while ago on the 49ers. What's the big deal about not trading in the conference when free agents go to another team in their own division? Get Samuel or Kittle and uh, draft choices and pull the trigger. Um, because you don't want to trade a guy away in your conference to have him ultimately come back and beat you. It's one thing if you, you, cut, if you cut him loose and they're a free agent, that's you cutting him loose. That's you saying, go get your other deal. That's fine. But what you don't want, and I, I understand what you're saying. In, 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 you know, technically you're, you're 100% correct. But you still, you, <laughs> the worst thing in the world you could possibly do is trade a guy in your conference only to face that guy when you need to win the most and that guy comes back and beats you, especially when you're talking about quarterbacks. You just don't, it, you just don't want to do it. You know, and I, I also... Uh, believe this, that you don't want to hand San Francisco, who has been your nemesis in the postseason, that's all you need to do is hand San Francisco a championship. And I'll say this, uh, I said it earlier, I'll say it again, you're not getting Kittle or Samuel in a trade for Aaron Rodgers. You're just not. Because that would be giving you a first rounder of all, you know, all pro caliber that's going to continue to play for a kind of first-rounder, all-pro caliber who may or may not play. Plus, in doing so, you weakened your team. And I, I just don't I, don't I don't, think the 49ers would do that. I just don't. I get what you're saying, but it just, it just doesn't work that way. It's kind of like the unwritten rules of baseball. You just don't trade unless you get an absolute haul. 
you don't do that. And if I'm the 49ers and I'm Lynch, I'm not sitting there going, God, if I bring in Rodgers in and I've got him paired up with Devo Samuel and George Kittle, my run game, my offensive line, and this defense, man, we are on our way to a championship. Why in the world would I turn around and go, you know, if I just weaken this or I weaken that or if I take this piece out or that piece out that's an all-pro player and give them to the, the Green Bay Packers and we can't fill that spot and yet we bring Rodgers in and we've been significantly weakened, then it's basically what are we doing? What you want to do if you're the 49ers is we'll give you all of our threes, we'll give you a one next year and a three next year or a four next year. And at that point in time, then you're the Packers going, okay, we got to listen to this. Yeah, threes have not been, not been our, uh, our, our uh, you know, our, our staple. That's for damn sure. But maybe we could parlay that into a two, you know, <laughs> something. So they've got five threes in the third round this year, five picks. So maybe you get a couple of those for Rodgers and then a first round of the year after, and you tell the 49ers, here you go, good luck. Maybe at that point then, if you get enough of a haul for him, then you can justify it. But if you just trade him straight up and you know, for a, a couple of draft choices, it ain't going to happen. I just don't think it's going to happen anyway. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. want to find us, feel free. Adam says, uh, hey, guys, all this talk about Aaron Rodgers, is it overshadowing the hot start for the Milwaukee Brewers? Rodgers continues to remain quiet while everybody else spins the words around him for what is and isn't being said. Uh, at what point, realistically, do we just think this thing is finally going to be over? I went from loving Aaron Rodgers to hating Aaron Rodgers for all that he has done to the Packers and their fan base. That is from Adam. I don't hate Rodgers. I, I, I love Rodgers for what he did for the Green Bay Packers. Um, but I agree with you. He and, and the interesting thing is, from the last appearance on the McAfee Show, he hasn't said anything else, to his credit. Um, and he's been criticized openly about being overly sensitive and um, paying too much attention to what's being said about him and such. But I think right now um, everybody involved, his agent, the Packers, the Jets, have all said, let's just shut up. Let's just keep whatever's going on behind the scenes, keep it behind the scenes. Because you're not getting anything. You're not hearing like, hey, the Jets and the Packers talked again this week and couldn't come to an agreement. You're not hearing anything about Douglas and Gutekinds picking up the phone or flying back and forth and talking to one another or, you know, owners getting involved. You're not hearing anything since the owners' meeting a week ago. Nothing else has been stated. It's all been speculation and conjecture. Uh, I assume, I think it would behoove Brian Gutekinds to do his due diligence to see what he can get or get the most for a commodity like Rogers, and or to do right by the organization by trying to get the most for that particular player or get, at least involve another team for a bidding war. I, 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 I don't um, – I don't – I wouldn't shun him for that. But like Douglas said when he started talking about or when he was being asked about the Lamar Jackson stuff, about the Jets possibly jumping into the Lamar Jackson stuff, he said, hey, we're not, we're not going to deal dishonestly. We're not going to jump and spread rumors and jump into that to try to drive. We're just being straight up with the Packers. We're going to deal with them. This is what we want. This is what we want to do. We're going to try to work this out. If both guys are doing that, I respect them. Uh, I, I really do. But everybody's been really, really quiet. There hasn't been anybody saying anything from any of the organizations, right, Ben? And I haven't missed anything. Have I? No. No, except for owners' meetings, which was 
going to happen. Well, yeah, a week ago. But since then, nobody has said anything. Nothing. Anything at all. Um, Brandy says, do you think that uh, Goody's actively shopping Rodgers to another team? I would expect it, right? I don't know about actively shopping. I think if somebody calls, he it, it's always good to pick up the phone and listen, you know. Um, but beyond that, I don't think he's calling teams saying, you know, hey, Rodgers is on the block. What would you give me for him? I don't think they're going to be doing that. I don't think they're going to be doing that. Um, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to call in, call in. Hit us up on the program. Uh, what else here? This is from Corey. Uh, Corey says, uh, I think uh, all this Rogers talk is becoming <laughs> it's becoming a negative aspect of the Green Bay Packers for not just pulling the trigger and getting it done. Just get it done all, already. Everybody wants to see Rodgers gone anyway. He has become a prima donna diva who doesn't know the meaning of team. Uh, I just want to see him out of Green Bay, out of Wisconsin. So, Goody, pull the trigger and move on. Get a bag of footballs for him. See, the, the problem, Corey, is that's irresponsible. That's incredibly irresponsible. You don't get a bag of footballs for him. You get He's a commodity. He's a premier player in the National Football League. And there are teams that covet him because they believe he can get them deep into the postseason and or a Super Bowl. There is a value to that. There's a value to that. You don't just kick him out the door for a bag of footballs just because you're frustrated. You know, that's that's why you thank God that a lot of fans aren't general managers because you got to sit back, you got to do your due diligence, and know when to pull the trigger. That's it. You just got to know when to pull the trigger. When we come back, we'll get back to the phone calls and everybody that's uh, kind of discussing all of this. Stay tuned. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show right around the corner. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Boondocks, Barbecue Burgers and Brews, and they have got a lot of good stuff. The SIP and the, the Paint and Sip event is coming up, and we talked a little bit about that yesterday, where you go out there, you do a little painting, do a little wine sipping. You can do that. Or, guys, maybe you give that to your mom or your significant other, you don't want to do that yourself. Maybe you're creative. Maybe you want to do that. But uh, get a hold of our friends at Boondocks County Road K in Oconomowoc. Go to boondocksbbqs.com, boondocksbbqs.com, or find them on Facebook. And, again, technically they're in Stone Bank, Wisconsin. But Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews, and they have got the new expansion across the street getting ready to open up soon as well as they continue to try to uh, rapidly progress through that expansion. But a lot of good stuff going on at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back, the Bill Michael Show. We are here. Aiming to please. Hopefully we are. Good stuff. 877 867 1670 1670. You want to find us? Uh, feel free. Go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Joining us now on the hotline, our guy Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Mike is here. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me back on. Okay. I'm uh, going to ask you about all the crappy rumors that are floating around out there. How many threes are the 49ers going to be willing to give up to get Aaron Rodgers, do you think? Well, they got three <laughs> of them. They're probably going to be willing to give up all that it takes to go get Aaron Rodgers there. Uh, now, it'd be hard to imagine 
than putting together a package that would really entice or that at least yeah. could outbid someone like the Jets in this process. And Gutekunst already said, or the report already was, that he didn't want to go NFC. So that one seems right. uh, a little far-fetched, if only a, a nice bargaining chip for them to use. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I just don't think that's, uh, that's going to happen. So uh, for all those that are out there, I get it, but it, it's not going to happen. So let me ask you this. Uh, first of all, the conjecture about who's the better quarterback and how Richardson has been on the rise since his pro day and such. And So talk to me about the quarterbacks that are actually in this draft and uh, where you think they are going to go. I think he comes off the board. Stroud one, Young two. And then it's a little bit of a wild card, but I still think Richardson's going three or four. I know the Colts and Chris Ballard with his scouting background and kind of what he's valued over the years is very traits driven. It's very like buys into the high end physical ability and then tries to, you know, trust his coaches to coach him up the way they need to be. And that's Richardson. If there's anyone in NFL history that that is, that's Anthony Richardson. So I expect him to be uh, the guy for the Colts if someone doesn't leapfrog them. And then Levis is a wild card. Um, I think kind of the musical chairs of quarterbacks this offseason has left not a lot of needs. You know, there's only so many suitors that actually will pull the trigger on a guy. So I think he could slip. I I think we could see Levis falling to the teens, maybe into the 20s before he comes off the board. Um, Okay, let's talk about uh, the Packers and where they draft. They're sitting at 15 right now. And they have – I have a list of five needs. One is tight end, desperately. Another wide receiver, a more beef up front alongside Kenny Clark and Devontae Wyatt. They're probably going to want to add depth in the secondary and possibly an edge rusher until Rashawn Gary comes back. What is going to be there that fills one of those spots, do you feel? I think you're really hoping – the wide receiver tight end, I think that's what you're hoping for. There's a scenario in my mind where – you get your choice of the top guy in this class. One, because I don't think there's a you know, quote-unquote dude at the position. You know, It's not like last year's class where there's some sure things that uh, are going to go early. All these guys kind of have question marks, and tight ends also just like don't go early in general. So I think there's a world where there's a run on offensive tackles before the Packers pick, maybe some corners off the board, and all of a sudden they're sitting there with their pick of wide receiver and tight end. Uh, and then I just, you know, Pick the best one. To me, the guys that I would want, you know, who I think they are missing, is a reliable guy. And to me, that's Dalton Kincaid from Utah, the tight end, or Jackson Smith, the Jigba from Ohio State. You just look at this receiving core with Watson, Dobbs. They are not sure-handed. You know, no one would describe them as such, whereas Smith and Jigba only, like, five drops his entire career. I think Dalton Kincaid, one drop. Those are guys that third down, crunch time, you know they're going to make a play. So that's where I'd lean. But, again, deep tight end class, you can get one in the second round maybe in this class. So uh, they're obviously uh, – the Packers haven't really addressed wide receiver as early as I thought they were going to the past three years. So you never know what's going to happen. I, uh, I wanted to ask you about Darnell Washington because if you go with Njigba in the first round, and I agree with you, I think when you look at his hands and the fact that he doesn't drop the football and he was really, really solid if he had not had that hamstring issue, I actually kind of compare him almost to – maybe Jordy Nelson 2.0 because Jordy had incredible hands and was a, a really good route runner. I look at Njigba in that light. Tell me about Darnell Washington because let's just suppose that he gets out of that first round and falls mid-second round. If you could if you could shore up Njigba with a wide receiver position and Darnell Washington at the tight end, I would consider that a wildly successful uh, draft for the Packers. 
Yeah, that's why I almost, if I am the Green Bay Packers, and everyone's making a lot of the 13th overall pick for the Jets, I'd almost rather have 42 and 43 if that's the holdup, if they're debating between those two because of that scenario you just mentioned. I think a guy like Darnell Washington could very easily be on the board in a very deep tight end class there in the second round, and it would really give you a lot of ammunition to address multiple positions in this draft because it got really thin real quick, this roster. So Washington's he's basically, I think the best way to describe it, he's Mercedes Lewis with a jetpack on his back. That you, know, you can do all those things that Mercedes did, and then he can you know test the seams of a defense. He can actually get behind linebackers and actually get downfield uh, before you know the sundial turns an hour ahead. So th- that, to me, is a guy that you, know, you look at uh, LeFleur and what he wants in his offense that I think they'll covet pretty highly. So the other defenders, I know that Jalen Carter's only talking to teams in the top ten, but I keep thinking about a team like the Packers that if by chance some of their weaponry offensively is not there, boy, Devontae Wyatt, Jalen Carter, and Kenny Clark up front would be a massive, massive defensive front for the Green Bay Packers if Carter would fall, say, down to 15. Yeah, I mean, recreating 2021 Georgia's defense isn't a bad blueprint. Uh, it's the best college <laughs> defense I can remember, you know, since I've been covering football. So, so I wouldn't hate it uh, because he truly is. I mean, there's a reason why I think with all these off-field issues that any other prospect would be getting massively dinged for and you'd be, you know, GMs just be like, oh, just stay away. It's that day two guy now at this point. There's a reason why everyone's still like, oh, no, he's probably still going – somewhere high is because that guy's legit. So I, I, I'd be floored if he's on the board there at 15. You, you probably have to have another incident happen from now until the draft for that to happen. Um, let, I, my other question is, what would the pack? do you see the Packers? The Packers, we've talked about this time and again, three guys that have actually stuck in 25 years coming out of the third round. For whatever the th- reason, the third round has been a massive bugaboo for the Green Bay Packers. Sean Ryan last year drafted third, goes in the PED list. They cut Amari Rodgers from the year before, and everything else has just not panned out. Would you see the Packers trading that third-round draft choice to move up in the draft to get the weapon that they need? Or because they've been so traditional at either staying pat or moving back, uh, albeit the Jordan Love trade they did jump up to get, but do you think that they're going to be more likely staying back and staying pat, or do you think that maybe they package up a third-round draft choice to get what they want? I think it depends on what they get in return for, for Aaron Rodgers. If they do get multiple picks in return this year's draft, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they moved that third-rounder just because you know, there really are only so many spots. And as you mentioned, third-round hasn't been super fruitful for them. So uh, if they only get one pick or they don't get a pick in return for Aaron Rodgers, I don't think this roster is such that you can really go target one guy. You know, you just need to do – you just need to bank on the fact that, uh, you know, past performance doesn't always predict future performance in the draft. And, and at 78, it's a little bit higher – than where they've traditionally been in the third round. So I, I'd hold on to that one if that's the case. If they have a question on the offensive tackle, was Yash Nyman, because remember, you know, we all know Bakhtiari had the knee issue last year, but at the end of the season played extremely well. Maybe you move Yash Nyman over to the right tackle as a starter. But if you're going to go for a tackle, somebody that can come in and start at the right tackle position right away, is Darnell Wright that guy if he falls to them? He's probably your best bet at, at starting day one right tackle. And truthfully, uh, I don't like a lot of the guys in the class start day one at right tackle outside of him. I, I think a lot of their talented dudes, whether it's Paris Johnson or Broderick Jones, um, but they played one year of football. And that's 
a little different one year of football in college and then in the NFL. You need experience, especially along the offensive line, to play that position at a high level. Darnell Wright, four-year starter. So uh, either him or Peter Skaronsky, if they're on the board, I, I don't think it would surprise me if they're the pick. I think they'd probably trend more towards Skaronsky from their scouting uh, preferences. But I think Darnell Wright would tick their boxes as well. Uh, give me your thoughts on Broderick Jones, the big offensive tackle out of Georgia as well. Yeah, I mean, he's a heck of an athlete. The guy's built like he's built like a uh, tight end that just kept getting bigger. I mean, he is solid as can be uh, and one of the most physically imposing tackles in the class. Now, I think they protected him a lot in pass pro. And like I said, he, he played off and on in 2021, only this one year as a starter. And when he faced some better rushers, whether it was like B.J. Ojolari from LSU, Isaiah McGuire from Missouri, I thought they kind of got the better of him. And so he's the guy that if you're drafting, you would ideally redshirt or not rely on him to have to be a quality starter year one. Like I, I trust Zach Tom starting next year at tackle, probably more so than I'd even trust like a Broderick Jones. Um, then I want to go back to uh, uh, the outside linebacking position because we know Rashawn Gary has the knee injury. They need pass rush. Uh, Brian Gutekunst discussed that openly that the pass rush was not where it needed to be after uh, he ended up going down. Uh, would you bring in a guy like a Nolan Smith maybe as that outside linebacker to be to give you that pass rush if he indeed was still there? Yeah, so if, if they don't go wide receiver tight end, if they don't go weapon round one, my bet for where they would pick would be edge. And Nolan Smith, especially Lucas Van Ness, if, if one of those two guys, Miles Murphy, if one of those three is on the board, and again, they're not going wide receiver, I'd put good money it's going to be one of those three guys because that's just that's their scouting type. Is they want high-end, explosive athletes on the edge. And there's because there's only so many of them. You know, that was Rashawn Gary when he came out. Um, that's just what they've done dating back to Nick Perry even was that guy. Where it's not a polished product, but the guy can get off the line of scrimmage and have some size behind him. Uh, so all three of those guys ha- have ridiculous 10 splits in this year's class. Obviously, Smith's a little lighter than what they've traditionally gone for. But, like, mm-hmm. Clay Matthews, they were about the same size. You know, so that, that's that's that realm of outside linebacker that they really don't have on the roster right now. You mentioned Miles Murphy. Give me the lowdown on him. He's the big defensive end out of Clemson. The, the comp for him, just based off of tape, was Rashawn Gary. I mean, he is 270 pounds, long arms, and can – Run. I mean, he ran a four-five-one at his pro day. The, the guy can fly. He truly gets off the ball so well. But like Rashawn Gary, I mean, he just doesn't have a pass rushing move to speak of, and that's concerning. Obviously, you would prefer that not to be the case. And his 2021 tape, truthfully, may have been better than his 2022 tape, um, which is again not the way you want a guy to be going. But the good Lord only made so many athletes like that, and, and as we've seen with Rashawn Gary. You really don't need to be, you know, Nick Bosa with your hands and with your pass rushing moves to make an impact when you're that much of a freak. And so I think there's no real better player for a guy like Miles Murphy to learn from and how to utilize his tools than Rashawn Gary. So it, he's he's definitely one of the favorites to go to the Packers with their first round. 
Um, uh, by the way, we're talking with Mike Renner, Pro Football Focus, uh, at PFF underscore Mike. You can see his stuff there leading up to the NFL draft. Uh, second round, and we talked a little bit about, you know, different players that they might go, different weapons they might go in the, the you know, the avenue of. Luke Musgrave, uh, we, we mentioned him briefly, but uh, the tight end out of Oregon State. Now, you get so much from the kid Mayer out of, uh, out of Notre Dame and some of the other ones that we had mentioned. Talk about Luke Musgrave real quick because he's also projected to be a kind of a second-round guy. Yeah, the tight end class is awesome. And would truly surprise me if we're sitting here the Saturday of the draft after day one, day two have gone and the Packers haven't drafted one, just because there's so many. And Musgrave's another that he's a unique size, speed athlete at the tight end position. You know, ran 4.61. Uh, I think on tape he's truly even faster than that. 255 pounds, just like built like you would put together a tight end. Now, got hurt this past year, which was his supposed to be his breakout year after two games, had like over 80 yards and a couple touchdowns in those two games and looked like a true playmaker, but then gets hurt. And so you really haven't seen a lot from him just in terms of on the football field getting featured. I think only 56 career, even catchable targets he's had, which is insanely low. I mean, that was five guys in the signing class had more all last season. So uh, really just kind of one of your boomer bust guys, but, but the speed in and of itself at tight end is valuable just because like a lot of tight end routes are overs, crossers, seams. You're not, you don't have to be, you know, Antonio Brown running those. You can just be fast. And so I think that's – he brings an element that's just definitely missing from the tight end position and has been for a while. Mike, always great to talk to you, man. I'm sure we'll get you on just before the draft or maybe right after it to explain what the hell happened because it never goes the way we think <laughs> it's going to go. So we'll talk about it then. But always good, buddy. I appreciate it, okay? For sure, Bill. Thanks for having me on. Take it easy. Absolutely, pal. Talk to you soon. Mike Renner, Pro Football Focus. You can see his stuff uh, by reading it. Uh, go to the link. Uh, on Twitter, at PFF underscore Mike, or just go to PFF.com, and you can read all the draft analysis there. As, uh, you know, all the mock drafts are out. Everybody's kind of talking about it. And, and uh, obviously, the Packers uh, need to have a few impact players uh, come out of this draft. So, uh, some really good stuff from him. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Want to hit us up? Feel free. Give us a shout. We would love to hear from you this portion of the program. Brought to you by our friends over there at Steel Tank Brewing. They are right there in Oconomowoc, uh, right behind Exonia Bank, right off of 67. They are open Tuesday through Sunday. And they're, if you follow them on Facebook, the meals and the food and such, it's not just a brewery. It's not just walking in and getting different different craft beers. But the meals and such that they uh, their chef prepares are just out of this world. They have a really good fish fry on Friday nights as well. But the big news is that they are getting uh, ready for uh, the big music venue to open up. And I'm looking forward to that because they're going to really go back to putting in some really good bands in the area. There's there's a lot of good venues, you know, to, to see bands in this area. But out that way, there's not. And out in the Oconomowoc area, um, it's going to be – it's going to hold anywhere from, I don't know, three to 500 people. It's going to be a big venue. So good stuff from our friends over there at Steel Tank Brewing, Mike and, and Dave and everybody. Uh, looking forward to getting that open as well. But keep supporting the local businesses and the local breweries. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.